1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Ken
2: Carman on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS, 855 212 Send the tweets. Send them hot. At Ken Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N. Oh my goodness! I can't get enough of this bowling, man. My parent—you know my parents were bowlers, Connor. Were they really? Yeah. You don't even care, do you? Do
3: you ha- do? You have your own bowling ball?
2: No. I'm not a good bowler. I, do- I haven't bowled in quite a while. I have own- I own my own golf clubs. That's about it. But no, my uh, my parent, my mother was 1980 Canton City champion. My father won a scholarship for bowling.
3: Wow. You like that? Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it was like love and basketball except with bowling.
3: I still right. bowl with the bumpers, so I can't compete with that.
2: Listen to you and your bumpers. Porn quotes. You, Connor. Connor, by the way, it's 1 o'clock Eastern. It's about 8 o'clock in Italy. Tell the, uh, tell the Italians, Mangia.
3: Hello, Italians. Hopefully you enjoy the Italian food. Maybe I'll have some pizza tonight myself.
2: There you go listening on the Odyssey app. All right, we ready to get to Ryan? Because it's time for the draft, baby. We're ready for the draft. And I had to make sure to send the tweet and make sure everybody was listening here. Because Ryan Wilson did a seven-round seven, mo- seven round mock draft. I did a half-ass top ten mock draft. We're going to compare him right now on CBS Sports Radio. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Hear him on the Pick 6 podcast. He's fantastic. He joins me right now. Ryan, how the hell are you? I'm
0: great, man. I love the... the- Factoids about your parents being bowlers—that that should be a whole other show that I would definitely listen to. But that's that's good stuff. I like it.
2: I gotta I gotta get my mother's trophy and put that thing on display. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a big deal. I I want okay. So I gotta ask you, why seven round mock draft?
0: Oh, that's the question. Yeah, because yeah. the boss <laughs> was asked for it. That, that, that's why. Uh, here's okay. the thing, man. Go but, ahead.
2: Uh, well, now I'm thinking. All right, the boss calls you. And he goes, Hey, Ryan, you say, Yeah. He goes, Can we get a seven round mock draft? And your thought is what?
0: (laughs) Uh, You know, you have to do it. Uh, The thing (laughs) is, and I do, you know this, I do a mock draft every week starting with the start of the college football season. Yes, you do. I I think outside of CBS, there's no other sort of national sports organization that does a weekly mock draft. So at this point, it's like being, it's Groundhog Day inside a casino at 3 a.m and you're just breathing in the oxygen to pump it in there, and you're going through the motions by the time you get, get around to the seventh rounder, which we typically do about two weeks before the actual draft.
2: Man, so how, how do you how do you do the process? Do you just kind of go through needs, or what do you do after? I mean, after you get past, like, the first two rounds, what do you do?
0: <laughs> I'm laughing because this is the exact same conversation I had with a scout. He's like, wait a second. What do you do after the first hundred picks? Look how how this is working. <laughs> so, so you you could be an NFL scout, Ken Carmen. Uh So right. here's my – Process. It starts in the summer. I watch about a hundred guys in the summer ahead of the football season, the college football season coming up, and then in December, once college football season is over, and before we get to around late March, early April, I will have watched three hundred guys. So I, I like to be prepared. I'm not just sort of winging it. But you're exactly right. So you have all the team needs, and the first two and a half, three rounds, you're you're trying to fill out the team needs with the players that make the most sense, and that aren't that aren't forty or fifty picks off. So. That's the direction you go, but you're exactly right. Once you get to day three, even sometimes the end of day two, you're just trying to find the best player available, and that's why in some of these, uh, you look at these team-by-team breakdowns that I have on the seven-rounders, there are teams that have two or three wide receivers, but they go in the sixth or seventh round, and the thinking is, well, this guy has to be able to play special teams. He provides something there as a gunner. Maybe the other guy's a returner. And um, what I have found, however, Ken, if you do a one-round mock draft, fans universally hate you. If you do a seven-round mock draft, 95% Ninety-five percent of the feedback is positive from these these team fans because you're addressing the needs they want. They make couple ah. with the fact that you take two wide receivers or whatever, but you know I tried to explain that away. But yeah, it's it's a good exercise for me as well in, in the larger scheme, trying to figure out what these teams might do. But it is it's a grind. It's it's pretty hilarious to watch someone try to go through that over the course of three or four days.
2: Okay, I love that. I can respect that. Ryan Wilson joining us on the show. Now I had you on my first ever top ten mock draft about a month ago. Um, there's a couple things I disagree with you on. There's a couple things I think you would ca- call me an idiot on, so I kind of wanted to go over it with you here. Okay, can we do this again? Yes, do it. I had a good time. Uh, all right, number one, it's whatever. It's Trevor Lawrence, right? That's that's. <laughs> there's nothing, obviously, that would change anything. My number two, okay, this is my problem here. Now, you know I love Justin Fields, and I know you think he sucks. No, I'm kidding. I don't know what you think of Justin <laughs> Fields that much. I, see, because people ask me, they said, Ken, what do you think about the epilepsy? Because they know I love Justin Fields. And I said, well, I I didn't know he had epilepsy, and I loved him then, and he didn't give me any reason not to love him then, so I don't know why I wouldn't think he's still great now. And I no, I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I'm with you 100%. Like NFL teams almost certainly knew about it. Um, At no point during the course of this college career did we have any uh, inkling that he wasn't the great player that we saw week in and week out. And the thing for me, even as a media person, the timing is odd, and I'm not crazy about the timing, but hopefully NFL teams knew about it and it doesn't affect them. One way or the other, because Justin Fields has had to go through some things during the pre-draft process that a 21 or 23 year old shouldn't have to endure in any walk of life. But here we are, and hopefully, hopefully, he's still a top six, five, four, three, two pick.
2: We'll find out here very soon. So Ryan Wilson's joining us, by the way. Ryan Wilson, CBS on Twitter. You got to follow him; he's fantastic. So number two, I have Zach Wilson going there. I if it were anybody else. Like, I'm sure you have Zach Wilson and everybody else does. But I'm, I'm asking, Ryan, you know, if it were anybody else other than the Jets, like I do think, I'm of the thinking that there are smart football guys who have went in to the Jets' offices and they just lose their brains at the door. And so if it were anybody else, do you think, like, if, if San Francisco naturally or Atlanta or anybody else was drafting number two naturally, would they be as high on Zach Wilson as the Jets are? Are you as high on Zach Wilson as the Jets are?
0: You know, it's funny you say that because he is my number two quarterback, but th- there's a big gap between Trevor Lawrence and everybody else, and I think okay. most people agree with that. But you're exactly right. The funny thing is, like, we have sort of quit talking about Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson altogether, and I think part of the reason why is that Mac Jones has been the distraction. Like, Mac Jones is a possible, possibility number three, has people so fired up on social media that they've forgotten about the fact that Zach Wilson had one good year of production. 2019, he was injured and wasn't, wasn't that consistent. He played okay, but I mean, no one thought of him sort of like Joe Burrow. No one thought of him as anything more than maybe a day three afterthought. But I was talking to a, a team around uh, around the, around the Bowl, and they, their concerns with Zach Wilson are, are the same concerns I've heard from from other folks. The durability is an issue. He's not that big. He's only six two. The, the arm strength is off the charts. We get that. He, he makes some good decisions, but he also um, hasn't played a lot of football in terms of being at a high level. Uh, and, and the the issue with the fact that he's not a great athlete. And if you're looking for a great athlete in today's NFL draft, and that's been the whole knock on on Mac Jones, then Zach Wilson, not much better than Mac Jones in terms of, you know, running downfield. He's good exactly. in the pocket, and he's good behind the line of scrimmage. But I'm with you. If you told me that Justin Fields was the number two pick behind Trevor Lawrence going back to January, I would say, yeah, no, I can see that. No issue there.
2: All right. My number three, and you and I, this is where we fist fight. Here we go. I still say <laughs> it should be Justin Fields, and this is the reason why. I got Justin Fields at number three, and then I got – how about this? Let me give you a twofer. I got Denver moving up to number four from Atlanta, finally planting their flag, but I think they're going to take Mac Jones. Oh,
1: I think interesting. they should
2: Yes, and, and there's – because it's still – I know that Peyton just took over, and there's a, there's going to be different opinions, but there, yeah, John Elway's still there. John Elway likes his Classico quarterbacks. I think that he would like a guy like Matt. But the reason I like Justin Fields more – let me just boil it down to the simplest thing. Call me a dummy if you want to. I know you like Mac Jones, but I keep going. Okay, if I put Justin Fields in the Alabama on Alabama's 2020 football team, what would they do? Well, Ken, you can't. You can't improve on on perfection. Okay, well that doesn't work. But how about this? Would Ohio State had beaten Clemson, and played Alabama, had Mac Jones played for the Ohio State Buckeyes this last year? I ask you. I really do, sincerely ask you, Ryan. I don't know if they do. I don't think they do. Boom. Ken Carmen.
0: I like it. No, that, that's a fair question to ask. So I'll take it a step further. And, and these, these are questions that need to be asked 100%. I was talking to someone in the league of specifically trying to get a sense, and, and someone that knew Shanahan pretty well about in terms of how he schemes things up and what he looks for in a quarterback. And, and they said Mac Jones seems like the perfect fit based on the fact that Matt Ryan was the best season that Shanahan had ever had. Matt Ryan won the MVP that year, and they, they should have won the Super Bowl. And then he said, but. If you want to take that offense to the next level, and, and if Shanahan's trying to evolve the quarterback position from the quote-unquote traditional pocket passer to the next iteration of what we've seen, then Justin Fields makes a lot of sense. And if anyone can get the most out of Justin Fields, it certainly feels like it would be Shanahan. So that was that, the, the answer didn't do me any, any good. I didn't keep coming to any conclusion, but I like the idea of Mac Jones, Ohio State. So I, I think he's certainly not running anywhere close to, the, to for his life like Justin Fields did at such a high level. But if you the the play that Justin Fields got hurt on, it was either Olave or Garrett Wilson was wide open at the top of the screen, and he didn't even get to that read. So I'm not saying anything about his ability to get to reads. I think he's good at it. Justin Fields is. But if he had just thrown that ball, he wouldn't have taken that huge hit that ended up hurting. Uh, I don't know if it broke his ribs or bruised his ribs. I wonder if Matt Jones gets to that read and perhaps saves him the, the injury concerns. But that's assuming, of course, that he's not. You know, Matt Jones still has to run when the, when the pocket breaks down. The protection that Alabama was certainly better than it was Ohio State on a per-play basis. That That's a fair question to ask. And, and I think Alabama is the exact same juggernaut with Justin Fields and Sarkeesian dialing up plays as they were with Matt Jones. I, I can't argue that.
2: All right, so I got, I got Denver moving up to a number four. Cincinnati, now you know I love Kyle Pitts, so I think they're going to take Penny Sewell and be happy. Yes? No?
0: What do you think? And talk to folks around the league that think it's going to be Jamar Chase. Uh, <laughs> it should be today, but some people think it's going to be Jamar Chase. Is that because... is that Joe Burrow's call? No, I, I think part of it is that, th- th- and this is what I've heard, there's some some concern about fan backlash that you went with an offensive tackle as opposed to possibly one of the best players in the draft at the skill position. So, uh, I, I don't think it has anything necessarily to do with Joe Burrow wanting to have Jamar Chase, which makes sense. I'm with you 100%. I'm taking Panay Sewell there, but don't be surprised if it's not Panay Sewell.
2: I'm at a huge – because I, I think Cincinnati's actually the most interesting team in this draft. Because Joe Burrow – like Joe Burrow, all-American, everybody loves him, right? Everybody loves Joe Burrow. The decision they make, if they take Panay Sewell, I go, great. He can make weapons out of anybody. They can go right back in the second round of the draft and maybe find themselves another wide receiver. Some they had, I think they had great success with T. Higgins. It's always a deep wide receiver draft. They could do good work here. And Joe Burrow, I mean, this is the reason you took Joe Burrow number one overall and to change your franchise, he's supposed to turn guys into weapons. So you take Pene Sewell. Tony, I had Tony Pauline on last week. He loves him, says all the stuff about him not working hard. He says that's rubbish, says that he'd be perfectly fine. And I'm thinking, if you don't take Sewell, like I told you, I love Pitts and Jamar Chase is wonderful. But if you don't take Sewell and then Joe Burrow's on his ass again, mm-hmm. and say Joe Burrow spends the next few years on his ass, well, all of a sudden does Joe Burrow start to turn into Russell Wilson? Do you think? Because I know that Joe Burrow, everybody loves Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow seems like a guy who's just going to be a Bengal and be happy for the rest of his life, and and everything's hunky dory. I thought the same thing with Russell Wilson. I thought the same thing with Deshaun Watson. Like. I think we've become more rings culture in the NFL now, thanks to Tom Brady, than we ever have or never will be. And all of a sudden, you know, Joe Burrow, when he'll be in the meat of his prime at that time, things may change here, Ryan.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Ken, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, you can have skill position players running wide open all day long, but if you have a half a second to throw, it doesn't matter. It makes zero uh, sense to, to sort of put the cart before the horse. I, I Look, you, you draft Honey Sewell at number five, you can draft a player like Rashad Bateman if he's there at the top of the third, uh, second round. And you, you mentioned T. Higgins. T. Higgins fell last year because people thought he struggled separating, and, and that was in part media-driven, and I take blame for falling for it because I liked T. Higgins early on, and I, I was sort of talked out of it. And he went on to have uh, a really good rookie season, and I think there are going to be players at the top of the second round who can catch passes uh, from Joe Burrow. As you know, that's his job to get guys open, and if you protect him, he can, he can find guys all day long. I, I'm with you. I think Panay Sewell See? makes the most sense given the way that Joe Burrow's season ended. And not only that, I would think long and hard about drafting a, a, a guard center slash center in the third round. Because mm-hmm. if you get Panay Sewell, the offensive line is 60% of the way in there with Jonah Williams and Riley Reif. And then yep. get, might as well get to 80% in round three. And, and then we saw, like Tom Brady, when he's untouched, you cannot stop him. What, what, what's the, what, what part of the mask equation can you figure out here? Just, Protect Joe Burrow and, and go from there.
2: And I'll tell you what, this is why guys like you who pay so close of attention to this hate guys like me because I didn't even hear any of that stuff about T. Higgins. I just like T. Higgins, so I'm over <laughs> here going, "Yeah, how could you guys not pick T. Higgins? T. Higgins was great. You guys are all a bunch of idiots." And the guys like me who don't even pay that close of attention to that type of thing, I'm sure it would drive it, it would drive me up the wall. So it should. Okay, so Miami number six overall. I had Jamar Chase. Now if that changes. Maybe Jalen Waddle. I think you had him at, at, at there at number six. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. We move on.
0: Wait, but Kyle Pitts is still around?
2: I'm sorry? Yeah, Kyle Kyle Pitts is still there.
0: Oh, I'm taking Kyle Pitts if if I'm – I mean, because the thing with Tua is he's still going to throw the ball down the field, and Jamar Chase can run every route, of course, but Kyle Pitts just feels like the sort of security blanket you want for someone like Tua to make his life easier. Because if Tua doesn't make it happen in 2021, then, then we have to reevaluate what's going on there. I don't hate Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is 1B. 1A for me would be Kyle Pitts if he's still available here at six.
2: Now the rest of my draft is garbage because then I had Detroit taking Trey Lance.
0: No, that, look, there's nothing wrong with that. I, here's what I keep coming back to. If Jared Goff can't have success in Sean McVay's system, and Sean McVay is arguably one of the two or three best play callers in the NFL with Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, mm-hmm. what chance in Hades does he have on a dysfunctional, historically dysfunctional Lions team where Dan Campbell's the head coach? All we know about Dan Campbell is, he says he has fantastic press conferences. All we know about him is a coach. And they have a new GM in Brad Holmes who comes well-regarded from Los Angeles with the Rams. But that's it. No players around them. The defense is in shambles. They play in a division with Aaron Rodgers. Like, why is Jerry Goff going to magically have any sort of success in Detroit? Take Trey Lance. I'm with you.
2: I will tell you this. I saw on yours here it says Justin Fields. Boy, that is, that's Spillman, man. That's Ohio State. Like, I, I still thought they might stand right then and there and take, like, Take a linebacker, maybe trade out. Like, I know you have, what, Micah Parsons at 17. Originally, I thought I'd go, man, that's that's such a pick by. Because I think Spielman might go classic football. But if you had Justin Fields going there, I, I I wouldn't hate that. I We'll see how things go in Detroit, but I wouldn't hate that whatsoever. Okay, Carolina, I had them taking Kyle Pitts, which you would probably think is stupid now. So that's Oh, no. Okay. They, they,
0: best case scenario for Carolina, uh, if they're going to miss out on Panay Because they would probably think about taking him as well. If Sam Darnold's your guy, and I, I guess he is, I mean, there's still conversations they might take a quarterback, which seems weird to me. But if Sam Darnold's your guy, get him playmaker. So now you have Robbie Anderson, you have D.J. Moore, you have Christian McCaffrey, yeah. and now you have Kyle Pitts. That's that's something to work with. Come back in the later rounds, get a cornerback and an and offensive tackle and, and, and get to getting. I, I like it.
2: Atlanta trading back ahead, Rashawn Slater. Yes,
0: yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Love it. Move back to nine, get extra picks, and get an offensive tackle, slash, guard, and a guy who could even play center if you want.
2: And Dallas hasn't changed for me at all. I put Patrick Sertan the second. I got a couple of questions with a couple of other teams before I let you go, okay? Because I'm running out of time here. And I, Ryan, you guys got to follow Ryan Wilson, Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter, because he's absolutely fantastic, and I mean that sincerely. Best draft guy out there. So. I, I I'm getting questions. I know you're I know you're uh, <clears throat> growing up you're a Steelers guy. Yeah, you you call it as you see it now, I know, but da-da-da-da-da. if the Steelers <laughs> take a running back at number twenty four, your first thought will be
0: I'm fine with it. I I like Najee Harris better than Travis ATM, but I like both players and Javante Williams has been mentioned as well. But um I think the Najee might go eighteen to the Dolphins is what it feels like. But if anything the running back their run game was terrible last year, and not just drawn comparisons. Uh, you know, you squint your eyes, you can see Le'Veon Bell. Well, that's sort of what they need, and Roethlisberger can't throw the ball 50 times a game, so yeah, absolutely. I-, I would be okay with it. I know a lot of Steelers fans would absolutely hate it.
2: You, Josh Edwards, and Pete Prisco all have Christian Barrymore going number 26 overall to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, my co-host was getting texts earlier this week. I've started getting texts now, like, you got to stay away from this guy. You, now, I'm, now I'm nervous. I'm hearing about yeah. motor. I'm hearing about, eh, you know, he might not be ready to be a pro. I'm Now you're making me nervous here. You're making uh, me
0: nervous. I, I still think that edge rush could be on. I, my final mock draft comes out next Thursday right before the draft, that, that morning. I don't think uh, – I won't have them taking a defensive lineman there, I don't think. And it won't be Barmore. Barmore may end up slipping into the second round. Uh, Edge Rush is still on the, on the board for me, I think. Jadavian is not a pass rusher in that he's not, he's not going to be Miles Garrett in terms of getting up to the quarterback. So there are a number of ways to go. Maybe trading Downs even an option. They got JJ3, the safety, so they don't need a safety there. Uh, but I think defense is probably still uh, a safe bet. Maybe even one of these linebackers. Um, by the way, if Micah Parsons falls there because of quote unquote maturity issues, if you can make him focus, that, I mean, that you get getting a top five guy. Oh, man. Now you're getting my boy running over <laughs> here.
2: All right. Again, follow him on Twitter. He's sensational. It's Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Listen to the Pick 6 podcast. Subscribe. Will Brinson's the guy who, like, is the quarterback of the thing, but Ryan's always on it. They do a fantastic job over there. Ryan, we thank you very much, buddy. All the best. Thank you, Ken. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. One of my very favorites. 855 cbs Yeah, Lima started getting texts earlier this week. And I'm going, eh, okay, I'll pay attention to it. And all of a sudden, my phone... I'm like, oh, God, no. Because I saw that mock trap, I'm going, man, don't you do this. Don't you do this. I mean, that was back. It was updated today. I'm like, don't... No, 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 no. cbs I think that they're out of it. But, you know, that would be some typical you-know-what stuff. And I go, I don't want to deal with that. I Hey, I like... I like Justin Fields a ton, and I'm sticking to my guns. I think San Francisco should take him, and if they don't take him, to hell with him. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, where do you guys think Justin Fields should go? You got a favorite team. Who do you want your favorite team to take? And speaking about Justin Fields, from somebody who was once a patsy. Don't be a patsy. It's Ken Carman, CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. Yes! <laughs> yes! Woo! Yeah! On CBS Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, I want Connor Green to tell everybody what he thought a shotgun wedding was. Hi, Connor. Tell everybody.
3: All right, so I thought a shotgun wedding is when, you know, you want to run down and get a wedding really quickly because you don't want to wait. And so you go, let's get married, and she goes, Okay, I'll ride shotgun.
2: What was your reaction when I told you what a real shotgun wedding is?
3: I was surprised. I thought there was a different name for that, but then I started thinking about it and realized I didn't know a different name for it, so yeah. I guess that's what it is.
2: That's eloping. Yours is eloping. I mean, and some people do it like they people know it, some people just go, hey, we eloped and they go and they run off and they get married. Like, I guess the 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 male or the female or whatever, and the, the the husband or bride or whatever it might be, can say shotgun if they want to. Would
3: Doesn't that make it to. a shotgun wedding?
2: I don't think it would. I think they're just riding shotgun in a car to go get hitched. I think that's what it would be. It's not a shotgun wedding. A a, a classic shotgun wedding. Connors, you're moving down the street from your sister, or your sister's moving down the street from you?
3: She's moving down the street from me. She All used right. to live a few blocks away.
2: So her and her fiancé are moving down the street from Connor. Connor doesn't want to move in with him. Of course, he wants to let the new birds or the newlyweds, the to-be-newlyweds have their own place, which that's cool. I dig that with Connor. But Connor decided that when he was talking to me, well, he didn't decide anything. When he was talking to me, he said that they were originally supposed to get married when? March? This March?
3: This March, yep.
2: And that got put, put away because of the whole pandemic, so they're going to get married the day after Thanksgiving, which, man, is that a pain in the ass. And I said, "Oh, they could have a shotgun wedding," and he didn't know what a shotgun wedding was. And then I'd tell him what a shotgun wedding was. Is your sister with child right now, or no?
3: She's not. No.
2: Okay, so then it wouldn't be technically a shotgun. And does your father get along with uh, the father-in-law or the son-in-law here?
3: Yeah, they have a really good relationship.
2: Okay, because the shotgun wedding is, you know, where where technically the gun is supposed to be pointing at the back of the of the groom. In so, a classic shotgun sense. If somebody's being held at gunpoint to get married is the whole point of a shotgun wedding there, Connor.
3: So you're telling me if they just decided tonight to go run off to Atlantic City and get married and she That's calls and she calls shotgun, then it's not a shotgun wedding?
2: No, it's eloping. A, a shotgun wedding has to be with a shotgun involved. That's what it has to be. I got gotcha. you. Or, or someone is with child.
3: Not riding shotgun.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, you could ride shotgun, but that's not a quintessential shotgun wedding. You get what I'm saying?
3: I'm sort of understanding it, but I still think that I might be right.
2: I come from a line of shotgun weddings. All right? So what... What you get is you you, you get the gun and you, you hold the gun at the at the groom's back and you make sure that he gets married because he's supposed to do. You know, in olden times, now you can get married whenever you want. You can not get married, you know. It's fine, we're cool. It's twenty twenty one, we're cool, man. But back in the day, if he found out that his daughter was pregnant, you're getting married whether you like it or not. And so out came the shotgun and down the aisle you went. Makes sense.
3: Now, if if the husband or wife rides shotgun and the dad also has a shotgun. Is that like a double shotgun wedding or like a double shot wedding?
2: You know, I've never been in that situation. I've never heard of that situation. That might be a loophole. I didn't think about that. Yeah, what if he's riding? What if the the wife is driving, and the and the groom, the to be groom, is riding shotgun, and the dad's in the back with a shotgun pointed at his head. Hope it's not a situation like in Pulp Fiction. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> But other than that, I don't know what to call that. And you'd have to think about this. There has to be a scenario where the dad actually shot the guy. Because if you don't have any faith that the guy's actually going to shoot you, you can just not get married, right? Yeah. So you have to, there has to be a belief that the father is going to shoot you. See, this is what we do here on CBS Sports Talk Radio. We, we do We do the important stuff. Shotgun weddings. So no shotgun wedding for the uh, for the Green family. Or what's his last? Is she taking his last name, or is they take? What are they doing? Is it green? Is it something green? How's that going to work? She's
3: going to take his last name, and his last name is Sostoki.
2: Sostoki.
3: Sostoki. Yep.
2: Uh, how you spell that? That's tough.
3: It's it's pretty tough. I honestly don't know exactly how to spell it. We call him Stokes. We call him Stokes instead. What a
2: name that is. What a bro.
3: What's
2: up, <laughs> Stokes? What's up, bro? Got Stokes over here. Stokes is coming by. I think yeah. the
3: wedding uh, hashtag should be Stoked for Stokes. Oh my
2: God. That's enough of that. 855 2124 CBS. From someone who was once a Patsy, don't be used as a Patsy. That coming up, and we'll go over my top five mock draft. Ken Carman, CBS Sports Radio. Right now, the latest sports update with Erica Herskowitz. <laughs> Bound it down, loaded up and truckin'. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? we got a-
1: You're listening to Ken Carman
2: on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day, speak now forever, hold your peace, 855-2124-CBS. Later today, CBS takes you to the next stop on the PGA Tour as some of golf's biggest names roll into the Big Easy, competing at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. Live coverage all this weekend begins today at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, only on CBS Again, that number eight five five two one two four CBS. You have start I didn't realize you started such a firestorm on Twitter. A lot of people getting in. slackadaisical Cleveland picks. People saying it's a double barrel shotgun wedding. That if if the groom is riding shotgun and the father in law, future father in law, Chris Thorne saying it as well. Vols fan four seventy seven. If you are riding shotgun, if you're the groom, you're riding shotgun. The the bride's driving, and the father-in-law is behind you holding a shotgun to your head. Then it's a double-barrel shotgun wedding. What if he's holding a double-barrel shotgun though? You can't have a triple-barrel shotgun wedding. This isn't this isn't ZZ Top with the guitars here. There's only so many barrels we could put on a shotgun. You guys got to be careful. Here.
3: And then what happens if they get to happy hour and then they all take two shots? Now we're talking
2: five barrels. There's too many shotgun. There's too many barrels on the shotgun here. All right. So let's just stick to what it is. It's a shotgun wedding. That's what it might be. Also, um, Jason asks Kenny, where do you and Amy Lawrence get these naive interns? Are they or are they just stereotypically dumb? I'll say this for Connor. Connor, have you seen The Exorcist?
3: um i have not no
2: <sighs> all right never mind i can't say that for connor i sent a clip of a linda blair interview with and anthony from years ago to ryan hickey He had no idea what i was talking about i'm like you don't know who ryan Bla- er, excuse, you don't know who linda blair or the exorcist is what are you doing Eight five five two one two four cbs from somebody who was once a patsy don't be a patsy i've been used as a patsy peter king I feel like Peter King was kind of used sort of as a patsy in 2018. He was saying Josh Allen was going number one overall. For whatever reason, people were asking me, Ken, what do you think of Baker Mayfield getting that fifth-year extension, that fifth-year option? Yeah, he should have been given the fifth-year option. I thought it was a foregone conclusion last year, even during the beginning of the season. I thought it was going to be a foregone conclusion. Yeah, he's a first overall draft pick. It was only 2018. I sure as hell hope he'd get that fifth-year option. So as long as we're on the record... I'm glad he got the fifth-year option. He should have been given the fifth-year option, and he was given the fifth-year option, and perhaps we all move on as friends. But Peter King in 2018, he was saying Josh Allen was going to go number one overall. For me, I told you, I had people telling me Sam Darnold was going number one. It was Sam Darnold. The Browns were picking number one. Old takes exposed got me. Everybody got me. It It was a pretty rough night overall and a lot of that stuff. And, I, yeah, I was used as a patsy because John Dorsey was coming in and he might have told certain people certain things to see if they'd tell certain people certain things to find out where the leaks may be. Several reporters had reported it before that there were a lot of problems with leaks. Now the Browns don't have to worry about those certain things. But I tell you what, now I don't think it's the same problem because Kyle Shanahan's been there for a while and and John Lynch has been there for a while now. But you got to be careful about this patsy stuff. You got to be careful. As someone who's been used as a patsy, you better be careful about being used as a patsy. Because there's a lot of ways when I break down the Justin Fields, Mac Jones stuff, which I've done week by week by week, at least for a segment or two. Last week we didn't spend a whole lot of time. We actually talked a lot of NBA. Maybe I'll find out. And maybe we'll have a mea culpa during the year. But by every measurable. I can't see why Justin Fields is behind Mac Jones. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And I'm not trying to take swings at Mac Jones, even though it sounds like I am, and to make my point, I've basically had to. Because I've called him a rich man's Jimmy Garoppolo. And the fact is, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. David Preston writes here, if the San Francisco 49ers do take Justin Fields in the draft, I'd love to see Jimmy G go to the New Orleans Saints next offseason. His coach would be a quarterback's coach who went to his alma mater. I think Jimmy Garoppolo can still win. I'd like Bill Belichick to go try to get Jimmy Garoppolo back and see what he could do with him. I think it'd be a hell of a story. I think it would certainly prove not once and for all we know who number one is it's Bill Belichick but it would certainly be another case to prove like listen I got what it takes I know what I'm doing I'm ahead of everybody and this is another point where I'm ahead by everybody where yeah I gave up Jimmy Garoppolo they gave him back to me and look what I'm able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo at 69 years old himself Bill Belichick at 69 years old what Kyle Shanahan couldn't do if he's able to stay healthy that's the biggest problem with Jimmy Garoppolo it seems. And I see Mac Jones and all the arguments that are given for Mac Jones. I I have I have an easy rebuttal, like an easy rebuttal for Justin Fields. It can. What about epilepsy from what happened earlier this week? I I loved him before I knew about the epilepsy, and if I didn't know he had a, it wasn't like, the, I don't know if this just got diagnosed. It seems like it's been diagnosed for a long time. I'm I'm by being sensitive to the to the affliction where I don't know. I don't know much about it, so I don't want to speak much about it because I don't want to sound like a total idiot when it comes to that type of thing. Like, I didn't know you could outgrow such a thing. My God. But if he knew he had epilepsy back then and he was playing that well, I, I fell in love with that quarterback. That's the guy I like. There's nothing that tells me that he can't do it at a high level in the NFL, and I think he can. And when we go, well, would you like who would you like to see run that offense going out on bootleg? You're really going to pick Mac Jones over Justin Fields? Okay. All right. Like, I I still think it can work. I think it can work with Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and Debo Samuel. I think it can work that way. But it's the same argument I make with Alabama. It can work that way, but what would Justin Fields do with Alabama? What would Mac Jones have done with Ohio State? Is there anybody there who really thinks that Mac Jones would have done as much with Ohio State than what Justin Fields did this last year? I don't think it's possible. I don't. So I've become very defensive over Justin Fields, and I see Mac Jones, and I get very nervous over guys who shoot up the board during the draft process, during the offseason, during the time when we start to poke and we prod. And there's guys like like Josh Allen – who shot up the board a little bit, that that people really, really loved. They overrated him a bit. Mel Kuyper, just like I told you, with Peter King. And Josh Allen's ended up being a great great quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. They needed to be patient with that guy. And I don't know if a lot of teams would be patient. Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. I think he'd do well with Mac Jones, but I also think he'd do really well with Justin Fields. I think he'd do even better with Justin Fields. So there's plenty of arguments I can make for Mac Jones. Go, hey, it's Kyle Shanahan. It'll be okay. But I look at Justin Fields and go, hey, if, if Justin Fields were to end up with the Jets, ee, I don't know. We'll see about Salah. If we were to end up in a lot of these other places, if Justin Fields ends up in Detroit, it seems like that would be a Spielman pick. I don't know about Dan Campbell. I'm nervous about Dan Campbell in a lot of ways. If we were to end up with a lot of places, I go, hey, I don't know if that situation is going to work out for you there, bud. There are two teams that I would, from my point of view, I'd beg to go get Justin Fields. One, Bill Belichick. I'd beg Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, go get him. Make your offense dynamic. Use that talent that you brought in and acquired in free agency. You already said that there's only so many guys who would be a great player for you out of the draft. Even though Bob Kraft already ran you down in the media, even though he didn't mean to, but he ran you down in the media about the draft picks that you missed on before. Go get Justin Fields, show everybody you got the stuff, and get back to the top of the AFC the way you're supposed to be. Because this could be, if it's just Cam Newton and Cam Newton goes out and and I know that they believe that they're going to be much better with Cam Newton with those with those weapons that they're giving them. I don't think they're going to come out and publicly and say, you know what, we're really going to suck up the room this year with Cam Newton, guys. They're not going to do that. So they can say it anything they want. I I, I believe a little bit differently there. And if they go out there with Cam Newton, you know, a lot of people who were rolling their eyes over LeVar Arrington and calling LeVar Arrington an idiot and all this other stuff, there's a big difference between what we say about football teams in March and what we say about football teams come December. And if the rest of that AFC East with Tua, if you get him Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or one of those other things, maybe Tua starts to hit a stride. Josh Allen doesn't look like he's going anywhere. And if Zach Wilson's what people think Zach Wilson is, you got a bit of a problem on your hands if you're Bill Belichick. All of a sudden, 69 looks really old. Eight five five two one two four cbs The other team I would say, because I have more faith in them just to let Ben Roethlisberger run their franchise, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'd absolutely hate it. But for that team, you don't have a lot of offensive linemen right now. You'd lose even more chances at him because you'd have to move up. But for that team, my goodness, the possibilities. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I think they do some terrific work with Justin Fields. Would scare him, Matt Cannon, would scare the hell out of me. Are we ready to do it? The final top ten? Hit the music, Connor. All right. Final time. My my mock draft 3.0, the final one. The top ten mock draft, even though Ryan Wilson joined us from CBS Sports, and he did an entire seven rounds. I'm, I'm not going to work nearly as hard as Ryan Wilson. I gave you a top ten. Number one overall, Jacksonville takes Trevor Lawrence. Number two overall, the Jets, while I scratch my head a little bit, the Jets take Zach Wilson. Number three overall, I'm sticking to my guns. Speaking of shotgun weddings, Thursday night, Roger Goodell walks out to the stage in Cleveland, Ohio, and he says with the number three pick, even though Jason and four will probably already let you know, with the number three pick, the San Francisco 49ers select Justin Fields. I'm calling it right now. And this is what sets it up. Denver moves up from number nine. They take Atlanta's spot. Atlanta moves down to number nine. Denver they move up for a quarter. I forgot they took Paxton Lynch at the, at the end of the first round. That was another miss by me. Good Lord. Ryan Wilson said he's not even in the league anymore. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about Paxton Lynch. I think they move up to number four. I think the Broncos get up there. I think they're going to take Mac Jones. That seems like a nice John Elway guy. Number five overall, the most interesting team in this draft. The decision they make now would have big-time ramifications, could have big-time ramifications for the entire franchise. You got a guy like Mo Egger down there who's one of the big voices in Cincinnati. says, hey, they're leased with the cities up in 2026. You got to be careful about this stuff. I don't want Joe Burrow to go the way of Greg Cook. I think they'll take Penny Sewell. I think they'll be happy with Penny Sewell. They might want Jamar Chase. Ryan has him going with Jamar Chase. I think they should take Penny Sewell and be happy. I think a guy like Joe Burrow. I've, waft, I've I've flip-flopped on this. I think Joe Burrow can make weapons out of anybody. He should. He's the number one overall pick. I think they should be fine with Penne. So go back into the draft. Go get yourself another tight. Go get yourself a wide receiver, another one if you want to, and, and make do with, with Joe Burrow there. That number six overall, even though Ryan has him going to Cincinnati, I got Jamar Chase going number six to Miami. It seems like that's been a target for a long time. I think Jamar Chase would be fantastic there. I love Kyle Pitts. I think he'd do fantastically. I have him going number eight to Carolina. Detroit, I think that's where Trey Lance lands. I think that people are surprised where Trey Lance goes. I think he ends up in Detroit. He's an heir apparent right there. We'll see what they do with Jared Goff. I got Trey Lance going to the Detroit Lions. Chris Spillman's been around long enough. I think he'd like to build in different ways, maybe in a classic way. But he knows you need a quarterback, you need somebody to be excited about. I think he goes with Trey Lance. Number eight, I'm going to take Carolina, taking Kyle Pitts. Number nine, at Atlanta, where they traded away from Denver, I think they'll take Rashawn Slater. They'll take one more stab at this with Arthur Smith coming in, a new general manager. You want to get this thing started, get some hay in the barn before you have to rebuild. Matt Ryan's probably a future Hall of Famer. Take one more shot at it. See what you can do with with protecting Matt Ryan. I'm saying Rashad and Slater at number nine to Atlanta. Number ten, Dallas. I had it in the spring. I have it now. I know J.C. Horns moved up quickly. Father was an NFLer. I think I get another guy whose father was an NFLer. I had it earlier and I'm having it now. I think Dallas is going to take Patrick Sertan the second, and I think they're going to be happy. His dad was a hell of a player. I think he'll be a hell of a player. Dallas needs defense. I think Dallas and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and the whole Jones family, I think they're going to be happy. So it probably won't go that way at all. And I think my biggest mistake is going to be, and since I already wrote it in pen, I can't fix it now, my biggest mistake is going to be Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. I bet Kyle Pitts will end up going number six. I love Kyle Pitts. I I think Kyle Pitts is LeBron James if he decided to play football. I think Kyle Pitts is a guy who's going to change the tight end position even more from where Rob Gronkowski started. We'll find out Thursday night. Big thanks to everybody who joined us. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. Also Ryan Dunleavy, the New York Post. For Pierno, for Green, for Belletti, for Herskowitz. I'm Ken Carmen. You guys have a wonderful weekend, my friends. Andrew Filipponi. joining you next, CBS Sports Radio.
1: Bye-bye. It's been your pleasure. I'm out of here.